0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates Price and Coverage Match
1: Limited by State Law. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily podcast on the New York Knicks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Yeah. Uh, My city and why. Yeah, let me take my time. I'm on my grind. Gotta make sure that we shine. What's yours is mine, and what's mine is yours, HR to the death, and first always, my team for sure gone ball. can't fall off, got a me support, gotta make sure, you succeed and reach our dream, now live through me, I'm about to take off, yeah, and it's no days off, in this game just stop, play hard, my team's so dumb. Hi
2: folks, hope you're doing well today, the podcast you are about to listen to features me talking to David Ramil and Wes Goldberg, the hosts of Lockdown Heat where, as you may have guessed from the title of this podcast, I trade Carmelo Anthony to the Miami Heat, just like I did last week with the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, I just want to give you a quick note at the top here. You're going to hear a bunch of talk during the podcast about the Knicks taking on Chris Bosh's contract as part of the deal. Disregard all that, because we realized after we hung up the phone that Miami could actually just waive Chris Bosh and we could still make the deal as is, because both teams would be under the cap, and in this case, the Knicks get the exact same trade, except they don't have to take on $28 million worth of dead money throughout uh, the 2017-18 season. So just wanted to let you know, same exact trade, except the Knicks do not take on Chris Bosh in the deal. All right? Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to the Locked On Knicks podcast. This is episode 136. I am your host, Jared Dubin. Hope you all enjoyed the podcast from last week where we traded Carmelo Anthony to the Lakers. Like I said during that podcast, we're going to do some more of those. And we're just going to do it right now again today. Next up, we're trading Carmelo to the Heat. Here to help me do that and also to uh, discuss our two teams as well. It's David Rumill and Wes Goldberg, co-hosts of Locked on Heat. Guys, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks for having no us. Problem.
2: No problem. Uh, so <laughs> how do you guys like Carmelo? You want him? Where does he's on the block? Phil Jackson said so. Uh, I will not be acting as Phil Jackson in this exercise, and I would prefer if you did not act as Pat Riley, because I'd like to stay on the phone with you for a little while. And if you were Pat Riley, I uh, would hang up.
0: I don't think and we could worse act things like, than that. I don't think we could act like Pat Riley if we tried. <laughs> does either of you have
2: as horrible, greasy, slick hair as Pat Riley?
1: No. No, I don't I don't have enough hair gel, nor is my classic convertible uh, downstairs in my garage where I can immediately hop in as I drive around South Beach, listening to either Bruce Springsteen or <laughs> The Four Tops. So, no.
2: <laughs> I can confirm that that does happen. I went to school in Miami. I was there for four years. That is not an uncommon sight.
1: Yeah. yeah we, we are both Canes alums. So, yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> We've seen that I didn't many know you were, I didn't know you were a Miami alum, too. What, no. year were you, what years were you there? Uh, I graduated '03.
2: Oh, this is good radio. I uh, I didn't start until 05, So Okay. Looks right. like we missed each other by a couple of years. No worries. Um, so, you know, so what I did last time when I did this with uh, the Lockdown Lakers guys was we sort of used a potential Carmelo trade as an avenue to discuss, you know, where the teams stand, what went on this season, what we expect from the future, what their goals should be. Um, you know, the Heat obviously had like maybe the most interesting season of any team in the league this year. So I'm curious, you know, what you guys you know are considering your goals going into this trade discussion? Is it you know we're using this as an avenue to get back toward the top of the east? Is it we're using this as an avenue to to bring other guys in? What are you looking for here so I can sort of game out how we're gonna you know go with these discussions?
0: Well, I think we have a two pronged approach here. Number one is if we're trading for Carmelo Anthony, we're probably looking at the next two years to as a as a Eastern conference run. So any ideas of building something long term probably goes out the window and we're probably gonna be keeping a core of Carmelo Anthony, Goran Dragic, and his son Whiteside. So we're not gonna be trading Dragic or Whiteside in in any kind of return that, that brings back Melo. It just doesn't make sense, right? You want to keep that window open with and that would be essentially the new big three. The second thing is to hopefully steal Willie Hernan Gomez from you, who's our our real prize in this this trade. So
2: Oh well, that's a, that's an interesting thing to know. Now I know I can hold <laughs> out for more if you really want Billy. Um, you know, I'll I'll just be up front with you guys, very much like I was uh, in the Lakers podcast. You know, I, I think that there should be three goals in any trade of a star player like Carmelo. Uh, you want to get salary cap relief. You want to get young players with potential, and you want to get draft picks. Um, you know, especially if you're talking about including more than just Carmelo. I, I would like to accomplish. You know, potentially all three of those things. I know the Heat are working at a draft pick deficit. Um, you know, we can talk about that as we go through. Uh, but ideally, I want to accomplish all three of those things, and if not, then I want to at least accomplish two of them.
1: And is, uh, I think what is New ahead. York's status for for draft picks over the next few years? So the Knicks own all of their own first round picks. Um,
2: they owe out their next five second round picks all to the Sixers. But they have two second-round picks coming from uh, Chicago and Houston this year. And then they have second-round picks coming from Cleveland and or Houston and or Orlando, the two least favorable of those in 2019. So they do have four second-round picks over the next five years, but none of them are their own, and all of them are in 2017 and 2019. Okay. But all of their own first-round picks they own, and nobody owes them any first-round picks.
0: As we set the table here, the Heat— have no picks incoming whatsoever. They don't have a second round pick that they can trade until the year twenty twenty two, which is not very valuable. And they can't trade any first round picks for the foreseeable future because they still owe two of them to Phoenix, and because of the Sepian rule, they cannot trade picks in the first round.
2: Right. They can't. They can't trade picks until twenty twenty three. Right. Um,
0: but we can't. What and... we can do is choose players for you in the draft, and then make. Draft day type deals like Right. That. This is the kind of thing where we could say, you know, we're going to agree to this
2: trade but not execute it until the new league year starts. Right. If if I want your first round pick this year in this deal, which I believe is number 14?
0: Uh, so 16. far, unless we hit the – no, 14, unless we make it into the lottery. Right. Or unless we go higher um, in the lottery. Yeah.
2: So, you know, the, the guys you mentioned as being, you know, your, your quote-unquote untouchable guys in this deal – are Goran Dragic and Hassan Whiteside. You know, obviously, you're looking at it in terms of the guys under contract next year. Um, not a ton of high-ceiling guys beyond that. So for me, any deal that doesn't include Justice Winslow is probably going to be a non-starter. Mm. Uh, is, is that something you guys are agreeable to?
0: We're willing to have a conversation with Winslow's name in it. You're willing to have a conversation with his name in it,
2: okay? Uh, i'm not I'm not entirely sure what that means, but for the purposes of this podcast since we are gonna co- come to an agreement on the deal, um, you know it's it's just it's really not feasible to do a deal without him because you look at it, he's one of only, I think, like two guys other than the guys you mentioned that can actually be traded. Uh, unless they, you know, specifically agree to uh, accept their, unless Josh McRoberts, Deion Waiters, uh, and or Willie Reed agree to uh, pick up their player options. I mean, you, you can go with um, with Josh Richardson, Rodney Magruder, or or O'Caro White as well because mm-hmm. they have non guaranteed sums. And I'm assuming, you know, will all be picked up, and, and maybe Wayne Ellington
1: as well. But well, uh, well, 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 Jared, I mean, if you really want to discuss. You know, including uh, justice in any trade, that's fine. But look, I mean, just uh, for, from our perspective, you know, he's he's really not that well developed a player. He's not much of a shooter. Um, you know, there are still questions about his health and durability. He doesn't really fit in as far as any kind of position is concerned. So I'm, I'm you know, that's fine if they're if you're interested in him, if you're going to hinge any trade on including him. But to be quite honest with you, I just I just can't see from your perspective why you'd want him in any trade at all.
2: Yeah, you're right. I definitely don't want a a versatile defender that can make some plays with the ball in his hands and is a good rebounder. And yeah. um, you know, That's the Knicks have never the Knicks have never been good at defense, and uh, I don't want to be good at defense ever. <laughs> so uh, I, I definitely don't want to bring in a, a guy like Justice Winslow.
0: <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, do yeah. When you I, it sounds like you like Winslow what's your opinion on Josh Richardson and his ceiling
2: I am a, a fan I don't necessarily know if he's a starter you know I'm a little concerned that he wasn't quite as good this season as he was the year before especially because the year before was a little bit of a, of a small sample I think he mm-hmm. played whatever it was like 39 yeah. games something like that yeah
1: yeah
2: um, you know so there's there's uh, yeah I guess it was 52 games but you know there's at this point, as big of a sample of him being bad, if there is, of him being good. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he, he actually played more minutes this year than he did the year before. So, you know, I, I am intrigued by a, you know, 23 year old combo guard who, you know, has a year track record of being a high level shooter and a, a decent, at least, playmaker, and then a year track record of not really being able to do either of those things at all, but a, at least is, uh, you know, in my mind, can play a little bit of defense as well. So I'm in, I'm intrigued by him as well, and if you are willing to throw him into the deal, I am willing to accept him.
0: He's a he's a lengthy defender. He tries really hard. He you're right. He can handle the ball a little bit. Um, this last, his sophomore year was you know up and down because of so many injuries. He he had a, a leg injury. He sprained his MCL in the middle in, in the preseason, or not even, even before the preseason. During training camp, he was out the entire preseason, out for the first several games of the regular season, and he had he was in and out for the rest of the year until the last couple of weeks of the season where he really started to come along and we saw more of that rookie campaign Josh Richardson later um, I know there's heat fans that are higher on Josh Richardson than they are even of Justice Winslow so um, Interesting. As, as far as as far as Knicks players are you you, you mentioned cap relief are you trying to unload Jokim Noah, Courtney Lee And is that essential in this deal? Or do you view Cap Relief as simply getting rid of Carmelo Anthony and getting smaller contracts in return?
2: I am willing to discuss anyone and everyone on the team, uh, with the exception of Kristaps Porzingis. And Mm -hmm. if you are uh, willing to eat contracts, I am more than happy to give you some contracts to eat.
1: Okay. Not surprising. So... Yeah,
2: I, I view it basically as, you know, if we're going to be trading Carmelo, in all likelihood, we are not going to be very good for the next couple of years, and that means that guys like uh, Lance Thomas and Courtney Lee, that I think are, you know, good role players, but are considerably more valuable when they're on good teams, uh, are of less value to me than they would be to. A team that is trying to win immediately, you know, which would include the Heat if we're going to make this deal for Carmelo, mm-hmm. and I think that they would be very useful to you. And um, if you would like them, I'm w- I'm willing to discuss that as well. And I, you know, would even be interested in taking back guys who, you know, they are their contracts expire at the end of the 2017-18 season, or you know, if they have non-guaranteed money like. Wayne Ellington, you know, if if Josh McRoberts agrees to opt into his uh, his six million dollar player option, that's a player I'd be willing to take back in unloading those kind of contracts as well. Um, So that that's sort of my goals there. You know, Mm. the cap relief is something that can come just via um, you know unloading Carmelo's contract or by getting rid of you know longer term players who I think are valuable but are of less value to me than they would be to you.
1: Okay. Well, I think we've got a pretty good first deal. Wes, you want to go into the details?
0: So, we haven't talked about this player. But hear me out. Chris Bosh for Carmelo Anthony straight up. And here's why. You rid yourself. I'm going to go
2: ahead and um, <laughs> and say no. <laughs> Let's because talk because <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't accomplish any of the three goals that I would like to accomplish with this trade.
0: Just to talk about Bosh, though. Yes. I love Chris Bosh. Okay. I couldn't like be a bigger fan. So, Bosh, if you get Bosh, worst case scenario is he never plays a game for you. And a year from now, so a year a year has passed since he last play, played a game for the Heat. Miami is going to just waive him outright this year, and they're going to have cap relief due to a CBA, fun little CBA rule. If they trade, if we trade Bosh to the Knicks, he would have to set out a full calendar year again before you guys could waive him. So worst case scenario is right. you have Bosch on your con- on your books for a year and you're able to waive him. If he does play, well then you get Chris Bosch and he's playing for you, which is huge. And a healthy Chris Bosch, I would argue, is a better player than Carmelo Anthony. And I would agree with that. So you get a healthy Chris Bosch who fits perfectly along with Kristaps Porzingis. Bosch could play center for you and he can mentor Porzingis and he's really cool. And having a cool guy like that in New York sounds like a lot of fun. Plus, if Phil Jackson is going to be there, Chris Bosh could play the triangle because he's great in that triple threat position. So, Bosh works in a lot of ways. And again, worst case scenario, you just wave him and get cap relief in a year.
1: That's right. Good point. You're saving 20 million dollars just by taking a salary. I mean, it's basically the, the, the same length of time as Carmelo's deal. So if you, if you do wind up waiving him, you're saving yourself $20 million in a couple of seasons. Or if he winds up playing, you get a, a better player overall that fits that system. So it's a win-win for New York.
0: And, of course, there's the addition yeah. by subtraction. You lose Melo, the ball's in Porzingis' hands more. I see uh,
2: several— issues with this uh with this trade uh first of all i can't see really any way a doctor clears chris Bosch to play at this point you know like you said it's been over a year um you know his con- his condition if there was going to be doctors that were going to clear him if there were doctors that felt it was medically safe Bosch would have found them mm-hmm. and gotten them to clear him to play for the heat I- i'm not confident at all that it's going to happen for any team in the future as much as much as that you know personally upsets me as a person you know i'm the same person that wrote last year that chris bosh if he never plays again belongs in the hall of fame and i still believe that and i agree with you 100%. that you know when when healthy he's uh, a better player you know it to, to my mind that and then carmelo certainly than the carmelo we see we saw this year um you know when bosh is fully healthy but I, I don't believe that he's ever going to play again and to just get cap relief a year from now when, you know, Carmelo could very well opt out of his contract at the end of the year. Anyway, Mm. um, that's not at all really worth it to me for that specific deal. And like I said, up front, the, the things that I'm looking for, um, you know, it's, it's three prongs for me. It's cap relief. It's young players with potential to, you know, to be, you know, star, sub star, superstar, whatever it is. And it's draft picks. And, Uh, straight up
0: Carmelo for Bosch swap doesn't accomplish any of those three things for me. Would you be willing to take players that accomplish one of those other three boxes for you along with Bosch or is getting Bosch just not a a thing that you want to deal with? Uh, The reason I ask is for salary matching purposes. They actually do really well.
2: Yeah. If, if it's for salary matching purposes, like if you're taking other contracts off my hands Mm -hmm. in addition to Carmelo, you know, depending how, you know the overall money worked out in the end. Then yes, I would be willing to take back that contract, um, but it would have to be you know a deal that makes sense for me on the levels before, um, you know, Bosch's salary matching purpose uh, you know came into it. So it, it would have to be a situation where, say, you know, I got Justice Winslow, and you know, you took back a couple of my my role players, and I got a first round pick somehow out of this deal, and maybe take back you know the contracts like. You know, Josh McRoberts opts into his deal. I take back Wayne Wayne Ellington's non guaranteed contract. You know, something along those lines.
0: Hmm.
1: So, hmm.
2: well, no, you know, just as an a, example,
1: just to, just to point out, though, I mean, just I don't want to keep harping on this, but you when know, Winslow's defense might be a little overrated. You know, that small sample size that we saw this season, he took a significant step back. Uh, he didn't necessarily. Look, if you don't like him, then I'll just take them for free. Well, I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm just telling <laughs> you. I don't know that you want to necessarily limit any deal to the inclusion of Justice Winslow. You don't know exactly what you're getting. I don't think anybody knows what we're getting. And he's already had a number of injuries in his second year. No, it,
2: yeah, it I don't think it's a sure thing a at all. Okay. Um,
1: okay, I don't think it's a
2: sure thing at all, like you mentioned. But, you know, I do want to get, like I mentioned, young players – uh, you know, with the potential to to get a lot better and to potentially be a building block, and you know, to me, he seems like the most likely guy um, on the team to do that. You know, maybe you're willing to to change my mind. Otherwise, on a, on a Josh Richardson or a Tyler Johnson, but um, you know, to me, that seems to be where it goes. You know, did you have other players in mind in terms of that front?
1: Yeah. but you should mention. Him.
0: So. I think we would be willing to take on the contract of Courtney Lee, but Joakim Noah's contract is just too rich and too long.
2: That is not unexpected.
0: Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> if we're talking, of, so we're talking about salary matching, and it's worth just saying again, we'd like to trade a first round pick. We can't unless we agree on, like you said earlier, we'll we'll select at number fourteen when. If and when we select at 14, there's still an, a 0.5% chance that we end up with the first pick in the draft, just saying. But um, if you have a counteroffer, because we offered with Bosch straight up. Yeah,
2: I, I, I actually do have a counter offer, And right. you know, my counter counteroffer in, includes Chris Bosch, and it includes Courtney Lee. Um, so it's uh, Carmelo and Courtney Lee, and I will take on Chris Bosch's salary, like you mentioned. Uh, I will expect that Josh Roberts, Josh McRoberts opts into his contract. Uh, I will take on the non-guaranteed contract of Wayne Ellington, and I will ask for Justice Winslow, Josh Richardson, and your first round pick.
0: That's a lot to give up. And that depletes our bench completely.
2: Uh, um, you're also getting a, a very good starting shooting guard in Courtney Lee. We are getting, uh, you know, a especially you are um,
0: getting a shooting guard in Courtney Lee. That's for sure.
2: You're you're getting yeah. a three and D shooting, gu- a low usage three and D shooting guard that would be a very good fit next to Carmelo and Goran Dragic, because he doesn't use a lot of possessions, but he spaces the floor very well and he can guard multiple positions. And that's exactly the kind of guy you need between two, you know, offense centric. And, and Dragic is a pretty good defender, but still two offense centric players that are going to have the ball a lot. I think he would make a lot of sense as your shooting guard there. And, uh, I'm, uh, and I'm willfully taking on that uh, that Bosch contract to clear a whole bunch of salary off your books.
0: Um, Nick's GM, Jared, would you mind like muting your phone for a second or whatever the opposite of that is so you can't hear us? Because my co GM and I have to have a side conversation. If you don't mind. Yeah, you that's.
2: That's fine. I, uh, You can figure out some way to contact me to let me know to get back on the line.
0: We'll send a pigeon or something. So, oh, David, David. <laughs> um, do we think that Courtney Lee is any better than Ronnie Magruder at this stage?
1: No, I would say he's probably worse. Uh, I think he's older. He's been around for a long time and uh, hasn't necessarily made any kind of a significant imprint or, or, or had any kind of significant growth over the last few seasons. We know what we're getting out of out of uh, Lee, but we don't know what we're getting out of Magruder, who's shown improvement throughout the year and started to develop a little bit of some playmaking ability. So I think Magruder is clearly the better fit. At, at less than
0: a tenth of the contract that Lee would be
1: <laughs> sure, making. Sure, there's that too, yeah.
0: Are we willing to take on Lee? I don't. I think that might be too much to give up for all those young players to to, to just get Carmelo Anthony, basically. Because as... We decided we don't think Courtney Lee is much of an upgrade at all.
1: He might not be
0: a starter in this lineup. I'd veto that trade. All right. Uh, We send the pigeon, Jared. (laughs) I have returned. Okay. (laughs) So. um, Good to see you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We respectfully decline that offer. We think that... uh, we have a player in Ronnie Magruder that we feel really comfortable with, actually in that starting unit that you talked about. But put Magruder in Courtney Lee's place at less than a tenth of what Lee is set to make next season in the, in the two years after that. We're comfortable with Magruder. But we're not against taking Courtney Lee. It's just, it's not really an asset. I think we, we feel the only thing we're getting in this trade is Carmelo Anthony. And to to give away Bosch and McRoberts isn't bad. That's essentially capital for us. Wayne Ellington's still a really nice player. He's a better three-point shooter than Courtney Lee. We actually like where he, how he's progressed defensively, and we like having him at half the price of Courtney Lee. But it's still, that's not what breaks the deal. Winslow, Josh Richardson, and, a first, and, and our 14th pick, that's a lot of young players to give up. We would count on an offer, I think, with Bosch, our selection at 14, Tyler Johnson, and Mick Roberts. And, the, and we, we left out Tyler Johnson on our first trade, and I know he'd have to waive his no-trade clause, and there's a 15% kicker that is worth disclosing here. But if we can get him to do that, then you're getting somebody who could play point guard for you or be your third guard off the bench and uh, has, has improved his shooting from by or is, has increased increased his scoring by five points between years two and
1: three and is only getting better yeah without a doubt you know there were durability questions because of his size but i think he put those to rest last year there were moments there where he was miami's best player on the floor he developed chemistry with both starting unit and as a reserve uh fit in really nicely with james johnson there as well um and in space the floor really really well uh you know he he has incredible athleticism um has the ability to handle the ball like i said And, and there were moments there wes and i talked about it on a number of occasions Where he stepped up as miami's closer at a point in time when miami was lacking a closer because dwayne wade had obviously migrated towards chicago we wondered who would step up for the heat and and often that role fell to tyler who handled it very admirably even as we were in a late season playoff push he was knocking down clutch shots and free throws uh he's he's a really capable versatile player uh and i think for the money that he's he's making not just this season but beyond I think he's a really great fit for New York and a kind of player that you can totally build on.
0: Yeah,
2: I'm potentially interested in Tyler Johnson. I, li- I like him a lot as a player. I think he can play, um, you know, to a certain extent both guard spots, and that's something I'm interested in as I'm looking at point point guards and other kinds of wings in this year's draft. Uh, my concern with this is that I actually add salary uh, in this deal because of you know mm-hmm. I would not be able to immediately waive. Bosh's contract like you mentioned um, it also if we're going to make it before the I actually we can't make it before the draft because you guys can't trade your pick until the start of the league year so that the fact that it actually doesn't work under the cap actually doesn't matter because we'd be making it you know with both of us using cap space I guess or, mm-hmm. or at least me using cap space I would be renouncing my rights to you know Derek rose and having cap space but you know it, it does cut into my cap space pretty significantly by about 10 million or so and that's not necessarily something i'm comfortable with so i would try to you know unload some some salary as well and you know hopefully you know since i'd be giving back because i really only have guys on longer term contracts other than joe kim noah that are useful players uh, i would try to get you know some future picks out of that as well but i know all of your second rounders for like the next 25 years don't exist and you can't trade another first until 2023.
0: So um, I think we might have to tweak it in some other way somehow. What if Mm. instead of Tyler Johnson, you take Josh Richardson, his contract is much lower. You're not worrying about the the, uh, third and fourth year uh, increases in Tyler Johnson's deal. You get Josh Richardson in a very real at uh, 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 that second round rookie wage uh, salary, and I'm not sure and how the, that works into your salary cap, but
2: it it uh, you know it works into the salary cap. You know I would still be taking on a little bit more money uh, for next year, but the issue there is that uh, I think Johnson's a better player, and that was why I had you know Richardson and Winslow in the previous deal was because you know I, I viewed Richardson not as necessarily. Uh, as high a ceiling player. And for me, this would basically just be getting, you know, Josh Richardson and your first round pick for Carmelo, which is not something that I think I can do. Um, yeah, this this does seem to be a little bit of a sticking point. Um, you know, are, are you more attached to Richardson than you are to Johnson? Like if we t- took the previous deal uh, and made it Johnson Richardson uh, and the first instead of or or Johnson Winslow or Johnson Richardson some combination of the two or two of the three with the first round pick rather than just one is that something you'd be comfortable with?
1: So that would be Johnson and Richardson presumably with a first round pick and for, for in exchange for and Chris Bosch in exchange for Carmelo. And Courtney Lee? And Is Mc that Roberts. basically what we're talking—and Mick Roberts. Okay. Yeah, it would be Bosch, Mick Roberts, Johnson, Richardson,
2: and your first-round pick uh, for Carmelo and Courtney Lee.
1: Yeah, that seems a little too much. I think that, that pleats our young guard. Are you form. more interested
2: in, say, um, Lance Thomas and Kyle O'Quinn instead of
0: Courtney Lee? No. I don't think so. Um,
1: uh. Part of the benefit of of trying to attract a guy like Carmelo onto our team is because I think we'll – and adding Courtney Lee is because we can move on from having to re-sign Dion Waiters this summer. As much as we like Dion and everything he was able to do this past season, um, if we can get a guy like Courtney Lee who can fill a a similar role – um, not necessarily as the same kind of playmaker, but positionally. I, I, yeah, positionally. And then, you know, we can re-sign James Johnson. So I think that uh, adding any kind of front court depth like Lance Thomas, uh, wouldn't necessarily help in that regard. So the problem with this trade, I think
0: is that in Miami's case, having Carmelo Anthony is valuable and that it still maintains the basic core of Dragic white side, and Carmelo Anthony, and you get a nice veteran player in Courtney Lee, and so there's the makings of the team there. And Miami would have enough cap space to give to get James Johnson a low ball offer. James Johnson probably could take more money elsewhere, but we know how much how fond James Johnson is of playing in Miami. We we are confident that we can get him to to. Uh, Resign, and we can always let Wayne Ellington go because his contract next year is non-guaranteed, and we can have a little bit more ammo to to offer James Johnson if that's necessary. Uh, the problem is that we're not we're giving up the 14th pick in this draft. We're not getting any draft picks in return, and we're letting a lot of our young players go. So Miami has no way of really replenishing or, or acquiring. What if, young if I players was willing to? Um,
2: what if I was willing to add in? Uh, future second round picks so that you do have ways to add young cost controlled talent in the future
0: that would be a good conversation to have so future for second round picks including what
2: so for example um you know i don't have any 2018 second round picks um you know i my own second round pick is going out this year and i have chicago and houston's second round picks and then in 2019, my own second-round pick is going out. But I have the two least – favorable. Well, let's just say I have Cleveland and Houston's second-round picks in 2019 because Orlando is not going to be better than either of them. So uh, <laughs> I-, I would be willing to give you, um, say, Houston's second-round pick this year and then the more favorable of Cleveland and Houston's second-round picks in 2019.
1: Hmm. I. I mean, I think – It's worth entertaining the possibility of making one of those second round picks a first round pick because to be honest with you, that's the kind of level of talent you're getting in Josh Richardson. Even though he was drafted in the second round, he's somebody that was high um, on on Miami's draft list for a long time. You know, he was a four year player. He's complete. He's not one of these kinds of players like you'd get with a first round pick that would still take years to develop with a guy like Josh. He's making an impact today, something you haven't had in New York in a long time, perhaps. So I think when you get a guy like Richardson, who's versatile as a defender and as a scorer, he can shoot from range. And, yeah, you look at his numbers last season, in his second year, maybe they weren't as great as they were during his rookie campaign. But the reality is he was battling some injury. He was trying to figure out his fit on a team that was changing almost every other day. Uh, but towards the end of the season, once he understood his role, he became a very, you know, very useful part of, of that late season push there. And they're a big reason why Miami was able to go 30 and 11 as opposed to 11 and 30 when they started off the year when he was injured for most of the time. So, you know, I think making Josh Richardson and seeing his value as a first round or somebody that you could include as a first round pick eventually, I think it would behoove you to consider that.
2: Yeah, that's that's not something I am particularly willing to consider Uh, with the the direction my team is going to be going. With this trade, you know I'm going to be, you know, rebuilding over the next few years. And the Knicks have a very long history of throwing first-round picks into trades for no reason. But I am not those Knicks general managers, <laughs> and I will not be throwing first-round picks into trades. Uh, you know, I, I have included two second-round picks. I think that you know the Heat have done a good job with second-round picks. Pat Riley has done a good job. I think you guys can do a good job as well. And, um, you know, to me, that's as far as I'm willing to go with draft picks, I'm not going to be including my first rounders, uh, in a potential deal because I need them in order to build a team. Because after this trade, I'm going to have, you know, Josh Richardson, Tyler Johnson, Chris Debs, Porzingis, and nothing else. I got to keep my picks so I can, uh, figure out some other talented players to get on the team.
1: But you will have salary cap space, though, and you'll be able to attack free agents there. Uh, I actually, like
2: I like I mentioned, I will not be. I'm going to have basically the same amount of salary cap space this year as I would, you know, in this version of the deal, um, as I would if I didn't make a Carmelo trade, uh, because yeah. I can't waive Bosch's salary right away. And, yeah, but you're uh, thinking the,
1: you're, you're thinking short term, Jared. We're, we're well, trying to I'm, we're trying to help. That's your what team. I'm
2: mentioning is with the direction <laughs> we're going we're not trying to necessarily sign big-time free agents this season. Right. Um, you Which know. is
1: not what we're talking about. We're talking about you giving away a first-round pick in a couple of years, and by that point, that first-round pick is going to be stashed on the bench. He's not going to be playing much, and you're going to have free agents that you can add to a team that's already building on the core of Perzingis, well, Johnson, and Richardson. The plan is to have
2: those first-round picks so we can supplement the, the stars that we signed for literally the first time ever in free agency because the Knicks never actually get their top target in free free agency, but I'm going to do it because I'm better than those GMs. We need the first-round picks to supplement those stars because what you need around star players is cost-controlled young talent. And you know we we need first round picks to keep around Christoph Porzingis when he goes from making, you know, six or seven million dollars a year to suddenly making twenty five or thirty million dollars a year. So that's not really something that uh, that we can entertain in terms of trading future firsts. And that it was just, why it, we were willing to throw in two second rounders as opposed
0: to just one.
1: So it just than seems the- like a, a a waste. You know, to to kind of have a, a deal kind of hinge on your. Failing to include a late first round pick because you're going to be so much better next season and, and beyond. That.
2: Yeah, we're not confident that that's true. Um, we're uh, we're pretty comfortable saying that we're engaging on a multi year rebuilding project, and we're okay if we're not that good next season. And what about get a highly a little bit
0: better? What about a highly protected pick? Top top twenty protected that if it doesn't convert in the year we agree to, turns into a second round pick the following season. I don't know if that's even possible because you omit so many picks outgoing.
2: Yeah, the problem is that our own picks are the ones that, yeah, are, that's the uh, so, that are going out. And we wouldn't be able to say, right. you know, our top 18 protected or our top 20 protected 2019 first rounder. And then if it doesn't. Convey, then we you get our 2020 second rounder because our 2020 second rounder is all already going out to Philly.
0: Um, okay. So instead of but, the Houston pick, what if we did the the more favorable of the 2019 pick and the Chicago pick? Chicago's pick will be a couple picks better than Houston. And yeah, let me. That's uh, close enough. I'm I'm going to the, uh, the the
2: NBA draft order here and seeing how much higher that pick is because i believe that that houston's is in the late 50s and chicago is uh yeah, houston's second rounder is 58 and the one we're getting from chicago is 44 so that's you know 14 picks earlier in the second round that's a pretty significant difference you look at the history of 58 you're really not getting anything at all and you know in terms of what you know, we're, we're looking at in terms of our players there and we're much more comfortable keeping that, uh, that, that, that 44th pick, we feel we can get a significantly better player there. And since, you know, we are rebuilding, we do need to keep our, our powder for those, any earlier picks in the draft possible. Um, you know, would you be more comfortable taking the two 2019 picks instead? You know, there's a chance that by then you know, Houston or Cleveland will have broken up and, you know, maybe one of those picks will be even earlier than the 58th pick this year. Mm. I would imagine one or both would be earlier than 58. Sure. It's, you know, as, as, as pretty much as late as it gets. You know, I don't think Cleveland, for example, is going to be the third best team in the league in 2019.
0: I think the problem with not getting a pick in the 2017 is that this is obviously a deep draft class that we like. And if we're giving you the 14th pick in the draft, then we're not selecting anywhere in this class. so, And we're giving up so many young players in this potential trade that we would need to have a pick in this draft. Um, so right now, the skeleton of this deal that we're potentially talking about is Chris Bosch, the 14th pick, Tyler Johnson, Josh Richardson, and Josh McRoberts in exchange for Carmelo Anthony, Courtney Lee, Houston's 2017 second-round pick, and the more favorable 2019 pick of Cleveland and Houston. Yes. Right, of Cleveland. Because
2: Houston. we're assuming that Orlando is going to be still bad. I think if, or, we're if all Orlando safe. is <laughs> <Who's> assuming that. <laughs> I mean, if Orlando's is... one of the picks we get, you can to have that one too.
0: Well, you know, well, we know exactly the, was we was know their say... plans because we've seen their whiteboards. Yeah. So uh, That is true. is a podcast and you can nobody can hear our white see our whiteboards, but uh do you do you do you uh mind if I have another sidebar with my my GM really quick? you can go ahead and have, have a sidebar I promise I will not listen <laughs> alright David I think we got him on the ropes we got him right where we want him <laughs> um, okay. if we did this trade Mello and Courtney Lee for those two second round picks we're not missing Bosh we're not missing McRoberts so Tyler Johnson Josh Richardson in the 14th pick to compete in the next two years what do you think
1: it sounds good.
0: I think we could do a lot with those second round picks too, to be honest.
1: I'm sure we can, but I, I'm I'm sure we could budge and get them to budge on the earlier of the second round yeah. picks and, and and I'm much more willing to make that deal.
0: I don't I don't think that I don't think that they're going to veto
1: this trade
0: just for that second round pick. So we say we agree as long as we get the Chicago pick over the Houston pick, we got a deal. I think so. All right. Uh Pigeons out to New York.
2: I'm here, and I didn't hear anything you talked about. Good, excellent.
1: It's, the plan is perfect. So <laughs> we wouldn't want to accuse your front office of tampering or anything like that. So, <laughs> so, so we've come to
0: a conclusion here, and, and this is the ball is going to be in your court, so to speak. We're willing to agree to the parameters of the deal that we discussed. Chris Bosh, Josh McRoberts, Tyler Johnson, Josh Richardson, and we will pick for you at 14 um, in exchange for Carmelo Anthony. Courtney Lee, the more fa- the the more favorable of the Cleveland and Houston pick in twenty nineteen. The only thing is, we want that Chicago pick to get this thing done, and that and and that's going to be non negotiable. And if not, then then we're not going to be able to do anything.
2: That is, as I said, a difficult ask for me. Um, I'm not comfortable uh, swapping the forty fourth pick for the fifty eighth pick without getting something else in return. Okay. Isaiah Thomas um, was picked at sixty just saying uh, I'm, I'm well aware of that as you are well aware as well that is the extreme extreme rarity mm. that's why you're able to rattle off Isaiah Thomas off the top of your head and no other you know 58 through 60 picks in the draft other than I know you're gonna bring out manage nobly but um, you know that's why we can bring up those t- those two examples off the top of our head because that's not something that that generally happens um, you know if you are willing to throw in let's say you're 2022 and 2023 second round picks. Then I'm willing
0: to make that swap. Hmm. What about the 2022 pick? As in just 2022? Yeah, I don't think 2023 is a year that will ever happen anyway. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna insist on the
2: 2023 since the since I'm giving. You fourteen picks in uh, what is a very very deep draft, and we don't know anything about the twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three drafts. What they're going to look like? I think that that's a deal you can make.
0: Yeah, I think if we were to make a deal, that's what it would look like. I
2: I think it is too. So uh, let's let's go back and review here. This is going to be Carmelo Anthony, Courtney Lee, the forty fourth pick in this year's draft, and the more favorable of Cleveland and Houston's second-round picks in 2019 in exchange for the contract of Chris Bosh, the contract of Josh McRoberts after he agrees to opt into his deal, Tyler Johnson, Josh Richardson, the 14th pick in this year's draft, and the Heat's 2022 and 2023 second-round picks. Guys,
0: how do you feel that you did in this deal? I mean, I'm I'm upset that we didn't find a way to, to shoehorn Willie Hernan Gomez in, but otherwise... I feel that it's a fair enough trade borderline blockbuster for the names that are involved uh, but it, it's something that can mix up the Eastern Conference quite a bit it's exciting for the league it's exciting for our fans and um, I think we're comfortable keeping the the core of Whiteside Dragic and Mello in place I think we have enough cap space to re resign um, one or two of our key free agents uh, maybe not Deion Waiters, but we maybe be able to bring back some other guys that could be key role players and reserves for us. So um, I don't, I can't speak for David, but I'm comfortable with it.
1: Well, the the, the mat, the key will still be under the mat for Chris Bosch when uh, whenever he <laughs> wants it. Uh, you know, we feel terrible that we had to move on from Chris's wonderful contributions during the Big Three era as, as part of our championship level of success. Uh, as for Tyler. He was a young player that uh, we felt comfortable. We could build around for years to come, and uh, we hate to see him go. But we're we're also confident that he's going to be a, a contributing factor for New York's future success. Um, you know, I, it's tough to see those guys leave. Uh, I think uh, we're getting two quality players that we can, you know, continue to add to the to the steps that we took this year. I think Courtney Lee is a versatile scorer and defender who who will fit in very nicely here. And as far as Carmelo's concerned, a superstar level talent that I think uh, fits in pretty well as well. We know how to make the most of superstars. We know how to get them to take another step in their development. And at 32, there's still room for Carmelo to grow and I and I think he's gonna fit in just fine with Miami.
2: Yeah, I, I think I agree with all of that from, from your perspective. You know, from ours, uh, we don't add salary cap space this year, but we do add, you know, a, a pretty decent chunk the following season when when Bosch you know we medically waive him and when Mick Roberts comes off the books although I imagine we'll be waving Mick Roberts after the all-star break so that he could find a playoff team to sit on their bench uh for the rest of the year uh we're, we're excited about adding two guards that have played defense at one point in time in their lives um you know and and, and two guards that can play either guard spot you know for us that's, that's pretty important because our our guard depth is basically non-existent right now uh obviously Excited about adding a first-round pick this year as well. It was not easy to uh, to give up that forty-fourth pick in this year's draft. I think that's going to be a good player, and and I'm sorry that I did that. But I think it's possible that you guys are pretty bad in 2022 and 2023. So uh, so I'm okay taking your your second rounders in that year because it's possible they could wind up even better than a 44 that's in in one or both years. Um, you know, the, the thing to me is I don't think I did quite as well with you guys as I did with the Lakers. Um, you know, I, I got Julius Randall there, who I think Ooh. maybe has a higher ceiling than uh, than either Johnson or Richardson. Even if it might be more likely that, say, you know, Johnson is a better player, um, and and I, and I got Jordan Clarkson there as well. It was sort of a similar thing with you know one guy with a bigger contract, one guy with a smaller contract. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and Johnson does make you know more money the year after next and the year after that than he does uh, next season. And that's that's something that's going to eat into our space a little bit. But we do clear off a bunch of money, like I said. Um, you know, Lee's contract, he's making almost as much during those couple of years as Johnson will. So, you know, it's, it's not too much salary that we added to, their book, to the books during that time. And we think Johnson will get better, where, whereas Lee is likely to decline. Uh, and I'm very excited to take a look at Josh Richardson for, uh, I believe, next year and the year after as well, you know, under his uh, – his team option for the for the next two years and you know that that first round pick you know to have two picks in this year's lottery um hey if your pick wins the lottery all of a sudden i got the first pick on the draft for carmelo anthony so uh That's a good point that, that, that works out nicely
0: there is a chance um so
2: you yeah, would and, if... and even if it's
0: 14 you know <laughs> i'm okay having two picks in this year's lottery right so you would You would of the picks that of the packages you got from us and the packages you got from the Lakers. You you would take the Lakers.
2: I think I might still take the Lakers pick just because, um, you know, I got I got two first round picks from them. I got Houston's first rounder this year, Mm. and the Lakers' first rounder in twenty nineteen or twenty twenty, depending on what happens with them in this year's lottery. You know whether they have to surrender their pick um, to the Sixers or not. If they do have to surrender it, then. then they uh they also surrender or sorry it was 2020 or 2021 cuz if they they have to surrender their pick this year then uh they also have to surrender their 2019 pick to the magic which means that I would get their 2021 first rounder if they mm. don't surrender their pick to Philly this year that means they give up next year's pick but the the first rounder that they owe to Orlando becomes second which means I can get their 2021st so uh, you know getting two first rounders pr- plus Randall and Clarkson I think is a little bit uh, of a better deal for me, even though I do get a, a pick that's 13 picks earlier this year, most likely than the one that I'm getting from them.
0: I like Randall a lot as a player. I don't know, uh, David, are, were, it, we we came to this happy ending and this conclusion of this is what the trade would look like, but I think David and I, if, based on conversations we've had on Locked On Heat before, we're probably not... if. if If this was the trade, we'd probably just say, nah, and just re-sign James Johnson and Deion Waiters, right? Yeah, I I, I think that's the case. I mean,
1: I'm not sure. Giving up Tyler is tough because he has shown growth. um, And and the the reality is that he's getting paid a lot over the next couple of seasons. Well, not this season, upcoming, but the following two after that. Uh, But there is also concerns about his health. Whatever I might have said to GM Dubin uh, prior uh, is probably out the door. He's probably going to break down at some point over the next couple of seasons considering the the veracity of which he throws himself around the floor and he's shown a willingness to play through injury, but he also has shown an ability to pick up injury quite frequently. So there's a good chance you'll be paying $20 million for a guy who's hobbling on one leg in two years. Yeah, we're already doing that, so. so we're okay with
2: adding another one. Um, we're like I said, we're, we don't expect to be very good uh, <laughs> over these next couple of years anyway. And um, you know that's let's let's say he does break down, you know. Okay, so we got a 25 year old guy that's broken down. How is that any worse than having a 34 year old guy that's broken down? Oh, yeah. uh, in, in Joe Kim Noah. And, uh, and and like I said, I think he only makes around four or five million more uh, over the final two years of that deal. Than Courtney Lee does and we expect that we'll be able to uh, to add some nice young pieces between now and then especially because you know even in those couple of years we're still gonna be paying Christstaps like less than seven and a half million dollars a year and we feel yeah. very comfortable with that value
1: mm.
2: and we're gonna be paying Hernan Gomez only uh, you know a million and a half dollars a year that season and 1.7 million the following season so we're gonna get those two guys for a combined like nine million dollars in 2019 20 so you know, and the rest of our books. Other than that, the only contracts we're going to have on the books are Noah, Tyler Johnson, and uh, the first round picks we make between now and then. Everybody else comes off the books. So, uh, so I'm okay having, you know, possibly, you know, another eighteen or nineteen million dollars that uh, is not a hundred percent desirable. Especially because I think Tyler Johnson's a good player, and I think he'll be valuable for us playing both guard spots.
1: Is, is Hernan Gomez a legitimate building block in your opinion? I'm not sure he's um, you know a building block. I think he's a nice player. Okay. I think
2: that he's going to be one of these style centers where, you know, he is a capable starter that plays twenty to twenty five minutes a night. Uh, mostly in big lineups, though sometimes as the only big guy on the floor, depending on what we do with him and Chris Stapps. But they work really well together, they're best friends. I didn't want to split them up at all, that's not something that I really would have been willing to include in the deal. Like, they are legitimately their best friends. They played together in Spain, they you know, room together. Uh, I believe they room together on the road, I could be wrong about that, but uh, I, I know they're very, very close and have been for a long time i wouldn't have wanted to split them up and i think that you know in terms of offense only centers he's a pretty good one and his defense was much better than expected this year like i expected that his defense wasn't like gonna make him unplayable um and and that not only didn't happen he you know was i'd say you know he was below average certainly but not so much so that you couldn't keep him on the floor and um and that was very that was unexpected and it was a very pleasant development and that makes me Feel really good about you know the way he can develop over the next couple of years. You know if he approaches average defensively, then all of a sudden that I mean that contract is already a steal. Like I said, we're going to pay him uh, let's see like two point nine, like four point six million dollars combined over wow. the next three seasons. Like yeah. maybe closer to four point seven based on like the the, the ten thousands of contracts in there. But that's nothing. Like we're going to pay Kylo Quinn that much in two years right. in if for one season. And, man, we're going to get Hernan Gomez for that for that much for three years. I think that's a really good deal for us.
0: So the Knicks, obviously, on this deal end up rebuilding. I, I want to know what, what you think about our starting unit, Jared. We've got Goran Dragic, Courtney Lee, Carmelo Anthony. We're hoping to re-sign James Johnson and Hassan Whiteside we have. And we didn't get rid of Winslow. We still have Justice Winslow now coming off the bench for us as our sixth man. Where do you think that ranks in the East? yeah I, I guess
2: it sort of depends on what else happens elsewhere in the East. you know, I, I think Washington still has a really good starting lineup. Um, you know Boston is going to have a good starting lineup, whether they trade for one of these guys or draft one of these guys or not. Cleveland's obviously is very good. It depends who Toronto brings back. But I think you know I think those four are, are sort of entrenched, but I would struggle to find a team before the heat and after that. Um, you know, just off the top of my head, I'd have to go back and look through. But, you know, I, I would imagine Atlanta is going to see some upheaval this offseason. You know, I'm not sure Milwaukee's sure. starting lineup is up to that snuff yet. Uh, Indiana, don't get me started on them. <laughs> Chicago, um, you know, uh, certainly the Knicks are not going to have quite a, as, as good of a starting lineup. Um, I, I really like the way Carmelo fits there, though, because with James Johnson and with Winslow, you can have him guard the less threatening offensive frontcourt player literally at all times when he's on the court, whether that's a wing or it's, or it's a power forward. And that's really, really key with Carmelo. And, you know, because you have such a good pick and roll game with Dragic and Whiteside, you can turn him into a three point sniper. That's more of a catch and shoot guy. You know, you got to convince him to do that. Um, and I'm not hundred percent sure you'll be able to,
1: um,
2: you know, he's never been willing to defer to, a point guard that wasn't like an all-time legend um right. so who knows if uh if if Dragic will meet his standards of a guy he's willing to let have the ball more often than not you know you'll have to get him to do that and you know you guys aren't Pat Riley but I have confidence that you'll be
0: able to do it <laughs> well we've got Eric Spolster as our coach and we, we have all the confidence in the you world do. On him <laughs> I wonder what LeBron told uh
2: Carmelo about Spo to get him to agree to a trade to <laughs> Miami where none of his friends play
0: <laughs> that's the big sticking point right
2: <laughs> yeah
0: who knows those conversations are always held in secret unless yeah, well, unless of course imagine. unless of course they're broadcast on uninterrupted
2: <laughs> how <laughs> do you guys feel uh about the future of my Knicks um you know I'll be building around like I said Chris Stapps and Hernan oh. Gomez and Richardson and Johnson and my own first round pick this year, which looks like it's going to be in the top seven or eight or so, uh, your first round pick as well. Uh, the four, most likely the 14th pick, I think you, what is it like an 0.5% chance of mm-hmm. moving up something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then all of my first round picks going forward and clean books pretty much after, um, two years from now.
1: Yes. I, I, think, I mean, it's positive, right? But it's still too nebulous. I mean, I, I mean, at least from my perspective, it's just – although you'll have those assets in place there. I mean, I just don't know that you'll necessarily have the the kind of leadership either from coaching or from the front office to make the most of those. I, I mean – Whoa, whoa, whoa. Damn. This is
2: not Phil Jackson's front oh, office, OK? Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm steering sorry. the <laughs> ship around here. <laughs> Who's
1: your coach? <laughs> Who's your coach, GM
2: Dubin? Uh, I'm going to hire – one of the guys from Twitter, <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're really good at coaching. You just, you should yeah. just hire Twitter to coach. and just I'm gonna do hire
2: it. Twitter as my head coach. Uh, I know I know Dwayne Casey mentioned
0: that, I think last year. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, no, um, yeah, well, I'm gonna let Jeff Hornacek run an offense that's not the triangle, okay and see how that works for at least a
0: year. I actually like the deal. I, th- you know, you look at the three anchors on your on your books. It was Carmelo Anthony, Kim Noah, and Courtney Lee. You got rid of two of them, and and that's really strong. And I, I do, I'm actually a fan of Carmelo Anthony. I think that he will play a lot better in a in Miami, but, and that 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 situation he was in in New York was toxic. But, you know, you, there is an addition. Uh, by subtraction element to this. You know, you're able to rebuild around Kristaps Porzingis. That, there is certainly value just within that. Um, and you get a bunch of young players, and you get two lottery picks this year. And as much of a joke as the Knicks have been the last several years, they've drafted pretty well. You know, maybe it's luck that the 76ers took Okafor over Porzingis. But the Knicks still took Porzingis, and that wasn't a guarantee what? that he was going to be like, the fourth pick. A lot of people had... Justice Winslow slotted at number four, and Porzingis falling in the draft. So yeah. there were a lot of Frank Kaminsky rumors as
2: well. Yeah, and, and Kaminsky turned himself into a player, you know, during this season. Sure. I think, but uh, I think you know, pretty much everybody, uh, maybe other than Frank Kaminsky's parents, uh, would rather have Kristaps. <laughs> and, and you know, I, I think I left myself with still um, some tradable assets to to further rebuild as well. You know, I think Lance Thomas. Is a valuable player, and I'll be able to get something for him if I include him in a trade. And Kyle Oquinn as well. He's only making four million dollars each of the next two seasons.
0: That's a good value uh, back up center. I there.
2: think, yeah, that's that's a pretty good value there. And Lance Thomas for you know thirteen million combined over the next two years, uh, you know, with a non guaranteed third year for seven and a half million as well. I think I can get something for, you know, potentially I could package that together. Maybe I could trade each of them for something else. You know, I, I didn't leave the cupboard dry if I want to make other moves. And, you know, if I just trade Lance Thomas, then the, the financials in 2018-19 uh, are a wash for me. So, you know, I, w- I will have created cap space, um, you know, out of thin air. Very good. Right. well thank you guys for doing this i really appreciate it um you know like i mentioned I, I think i did a little bit better with the lakers pick but you know the idea here is that i have to come to an agreement on deals with 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 whoever i bring on the podcast <laughs> and uh and this was the one we came to with you guys um has locked on celtics
0: uh, called you back yet or
2: locked on celtics has not called me back <laughs> uh, um uh, uh, i'm in discussions with Locked on Clippers and locked on Cavs and locked on Bulls when their respective playoff runs end. And those podcasts will be coming in the future. Uh, the Celtics still aren't returning my calls, uh, not surprisingly, Danny Ainge. because they're uh, they're they're pretending that they're Danny Ainge instead of pretending that they're themselves. <laughs> um, guys, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I really appreciate it. I know we tried to get it going for like a week or so, and we finally were able to do it. Um, do you have anything before I let you go that you want to plug?
0: Just listen to Locked on Heat. I mean, that's what I want to plug.
2: Yeah. yeah, all the Knicks fans are
1: definitely going to listen to Locked On Heat. Uh, yep. I, would, I, would,
0: I think that's definitely going to happen.
1: There's a lot of we'll good – there's a lot of
0: Pat Riley talk. There's a lot yeah, of De- we'll, Deion we'll talk. We'll probably be doing
1: an upcoming episode breaking down paragraph by paragraph the Wright Thompson piece <laughs> and and going into great detail about how lucky we are to have Riley and how much better as a person and GM he's become ever since he's left the Big Apple, et cetera. So make sure to tune in for those. Yeah, that definitely seems like a good place to end it. Um, guys, uh, check out
2: the podcast at Locked On Knicks on Twitter, lockdownnicks at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at jajubin5. Uh, we're going to do a couple more of these, like I mentioned, throughout the offseason, and going to start getting into some draft prospect breakdowns as well, um, working on arranging those. And uh, thanks again for listening. Much appreciated.